Hello, my rebels. Today, in the last of our series of the best of the rebel, we take you through some of the highlights of our pandemic coverage. We like to zig where the other guys zag. We like to tell the other side of the story. And with the group think of this pandemic, I think it served us particularly well. I think you'll find this a very interesting show. I'd like it if you could see it. So I want you to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. You get the video of this podcast as well as videos by Sheila Gunn-Reed and David Menzies every week. It also helps us stay strong. We don't take a dime of government money. That's pretty important. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, a very special episode, the best of the Rebels' pandemic coverage. It's July 24th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. The pandemic has destroyed so much. It has killed people, it's true. 9,000 deaths in Canada, each one a tragedy, but it has killed so much, mo so much more than that death toll, a death toll on par with the annual flu in Canada, which, for example, in the last year for which statistics were available, was 8,500 deaths. No, this pandemic has killed so many jobs, so much economy, so many businesses, has created so much misery, misery, that is being extended into the foreseeable future. It's also been a time of tremendous conformity. Don't wear a mask, do wear a mask, stay home, don't stay home. Of course, the politicians who issue these rules and demand that we comply, they don't seem to follow the rules themselves. I'm very proud of our coverage during the pandemic from the very, very early days where we first saw strange things in China before the whole world knew the name Wuhan. We covered it because we care about China and the democracy movement there and the authoritarian Chinese police. When the virus landed in Canada, we rang the alarm on the most basic job Trudeau had. One job, really. Close the borders. He wouldn't. And we sent our own David Menzies to airports day after day, showing that flights were still coming in directly from China. And no, they simply weren't being screened. As the pandemic proceeded, we covered crazy news, such as scoops by Sheila Gunn-Reed that Justin Trudeau was actually still paying money to that very same Wuhan Virology Institute, a grant of nearly a million dollars in March. Crazy stuff. Every step of the way, we lived up to our motto, telling the other side of the story, culminating in my own book, China Virus. Well, today we sum up the best of our coverage of the pandemic, a terrible time in Canada, a time when an alternative voice, a dissident voice, is more important than ever. Here's that show. David Menzies for Rebel Media here at Toronto's Pearson International Airport. Well, folks, as you know, this afternoon, it's a Monday night right now, uh, Justin Trudeau announced new measures to protect uh, Canada from the COVID-19 virus. This was in terms of restrictions for who can fly into Canadian airports. Of course, there's so many exemptions that um, 
you know, it's very questionable how effective these measures will be. However, before Justin Trudeau's announcement this afternoon, in the morning hours, Bill Blair tweeted out the following. And he said, quote, since the disease first began to spread in Hubei, we immediately took action by enhancing our border measures through additional screening, questions, examinations, and advice to mitigate the risk to passengers and others. Well, folks, we've been coming to this airport several times in the last three months. Here's what we discovered when we were questioning people off a flight from China to Toronto back in January. Uh, and I ask you, do you think this sounds like enhanced screening measures, which Bill Blair boasted about? Check it out. Just wondering, did you go through any kind of special screening? Uh, no, no, it's just not. They didn't ask you if you have any coughing symptoms, fever, anything like that? Uh, not yet. So I think they just asked if I am from Wuhan or something like that. Where the outbreak is? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that interesting, you know, that they weren't asking you these questions given the coronavirus that is spreading around the world right now? I think they have some sign on the screen, but they didn't ask any questions about it. When you were going through screening, did they ask you any special questions like, do you have a fever? Are you coughing? Oh, just, uh, just when you fill the form, okay. they just sent a couple of questions, just answered, that's it. Oh, I see. And, and on the form, there's a question about if you're feeling sick. Oh, uh, you're sick or not, yeah. And, and there was no additional screening by the uh, the border agents? No, no, no. Okay, no. interesting. And are, are you well? You don't have a fever? You're not coughing? Pretty well. <laughs> and then just a couple of weeks ago, we were here to uh, query passengers who flew in from Iran via London, England. Once again, folks, does this sound like enhanced security uh, precautions? that Bill Blair bragged about. Check it out. Uh, you are coming from Tehran right now, am I correct? And uh, you were in Tehran for three weeks, he told me. And you just came to Toronto airport, they just checked you with the yeah. machine or whatever that they ch uh, checked you out. And they have not asked you in that- the Bata, they checked us. Okay, you came to, uh, you came to Deha, Bata? You came to Daha from Tehran, and from Tehran you came to England? In Tehran, they check us. Okay. In Qatar, Doha, they check us. Okay. And here, no check. Uh, based on the Toronto uh, healthcare, mm -hmm. I just checked the website. We're at level two, China's level three, and Italy is level two also. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're level two. I talked to 311 right now, uh, health public, and then they say, we're okay, as long as they have a monitoring here in Toronto. No, in Iran monitoring? No, did they monitor you in Pearson? No. no. Yeah, that's not very reassuring. In fact, I think Mr. Blair is being a little fast and loose with the truth. In any event, um, the new measures don't take place until Wednesday. However, there is a flight coming in tonight from Hong Kong. It's going to arrive shortly. And I'm going to ask the people departing that flight, whether they have been asked these enhanced questions and have been subjected to different kinds of screening, the sort of stuff Bill Blair says has been going on since January. Let's see what these arrivals have to say. Hello, sir. 
Did you just fly in from Hong Kong? Just wondering, did you go through any special screening procedures when you went through customs? You mean Hong Kong or here? Uh, here. Mm, no, they asked, but they didn't uh, have anything anything special. Okay. Yeah. Did, no one took your temperature or anything like that, or? No. Okay, no. Did anyone at customs say anything about uh, coronavirus precautions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they, yeah. They, they asked it. They they asked questions. They sent me the liveness. Okay. Yeah. And are you going to go into a 14-day quarantine? Sure, why not? Excuse me, ma'am. Did you just get off the flight from Hong Kong? Yes? D did you go through any kind of special screening measures when you went through customs? Uh, no screening measures. No? No one took your temperature or...? Temperature, yes. Uh, no. You mean here? When we arrive here? No one took... No, 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 no. And are you going to be going into a um, a quarantine for 14 days? Uh, yes, we supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone at the airport give you any recommendations about the coronavirus? Uh, yes, yeah, she just asked. She she asked uh, us to st uh, stay home for 15 days, 40 days. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, I'm with Leyland, and he just arrived from Punta Cana. His final destination is Edmonton. He told me off camera he's unfortunately missed the connecting flight, so he's got to spend the night in Hogtown. But Leyland, tell me, um, I've just been asking uh, some of the passengers getting off the Hong Kong flight if they've been subjected to any additional screening. Uh, it's been negative across the board. How about yourself? No, we, we didn't have the screening as far as uh, in-depth screening. It was pretty fast process going through customs. And, and did um, any border guards or any other personnel at customs um, talk to you about the uh, COVID-19 virus or give you any tips or recommendations? Yes, that part was looked after by the customs agent when we got to the desk. And they gave us literature and they told us that we would have to self-quarantine. And they gave us literature pertaining to that. But that was the extent of, of uh, the precautions. Now here's the big question. Are you, when you get back to Edmonton, are you going to self-quarantine for two weeks? Oh yeah, we are. My wife and I are both retired. And it's, it's not a big, big issue for us. We live on an acreage, so it's not a problem. Overall, Leland, how would you rate how the federal government has responded to this outbreak of the coronavirus? Well, I, I don't really know how to answer that question. I can only answer it just in my little purview here tonight. And uh, it, the screening is certainly not what I was expecting. Kian Bexty for Rebel News here at Roxham Road. I'm here to document what's going on exactly. It's late at night here, as you can see, but the operation is still going on here at full capacity. Uh, the bus that I saw here last year now, over the summer, is still running. Uh, I guess I should have expected that, uh, but I'm here today to figure out what they're doing in terms of screening for coronavirus. These people, these illegal immigrants who are coming into our country across this ditch that's behind me now, uh, just behind my rental car there. The illegal immigrants that are coming here are coming from the United States, from New York City, which as we know right now has a huge amount, hundreds of cases of coronavirus. The, the governor of the state, who's a Democrat actually, has taken unprecedented steps to control the spread of this virus. Uh, and right now, the government of Canada and the RCMP are enabling a situation where people from the uh, state of New York, who have come from other places, keep in mind, 
from the Middle East, uh, from everywhere from Somalia to Iran. Uh, frankly, the problem is we have no idea where they've been, not that they should be in this country in the first place, but even more so now in a situation like this, they most certainly should not be coming through an unauthorized point of entry. Unfortunately, the RCMP are still enabling this and not arresting the illegal immigrants on the spot. I'm going to stand here as long as I can to figure out what's going on here to ask the illegals as they get loaded onto this bus if they've been screened at all in this building that's been set up here by the RCMP, if the RCMP have any idea of what's going on in terms of any presence of the, the virus in these illegals. We'll have to see what happens. RCM Media. Yep. I was here, uh, I was like here. Just, I'd like you just to stand on the, uh, on the road, please. This, this is private property. Is your camera on? Yes. Can you turn it off, please? No. Okay. I'd like you to ask, I'll ask you to just move your vehicle, because this is private property. Mm -hmm. From the side of the, um, from the, from the side of the road to here it's private property. So you'll have to go park your car on Fisher. So the RCMP have told me to move my vehicle. It's parked right over here. They told me to go up the road about a kilometer. He lied, it's not 300 meters. Uh, and it's clear that they just want to get the illegals in and out of that door, out that door and into that door without any questions being asked of them. Uh, that's why they wanted me to move my vehicle. They say the SQ, the Quebec authorities or whatever they call them, are going to come and give me a ticket. I'm not super concerned about that one. Uh, I'm going to stay here as long as it takes for me to ask these illegals some questions and maybe give them some hand sanitizer since we have no idea where they have been uh, outside of the fact that they came illegally into this country from the state of New York. Do you guys realize you're jeopardizing the health and safety of every Canadian by not screening these illegal immigrants for coronavirus? Do you even care? Are you going to check these illegals for coronavirus before you let them into our country? Where have you guys been? Where are you from? Not from New York. Where are you from? The Congo? Have you been checked for the coronavirus? Where did you get those designer bags? Huh? What do you think gives you the right to come into this country? Huh? You guys are going to make them carry their bags themselves before you check them, hey? Does it bother you what Justin Trudeau is making you do to this country? Does it bother you at all? Why don't you shut the fuck up, man? Why are you harassing the people? Why am I harassing people? Why are you harassing 
I'm not harassing anyone. I'm trying to figure out what this government is doing to make sure that no viral load comes in through illegal immigrants. Where have you guys been? Have you been to any viral hotspots? Have the RCMP checked you at all? Have the RCMP checked you at all for coronavirus? Sir, why do you think it's your right to come into this country? Have you checked them for... Take some hand sanitizer. Take some hand sanitizer. I'm just curious, did new fencing get erected? They said you needed time to put up new fences. Uh, We're not allowed to answer a question. Oh, you can't answer that even. As you just saw, I spoke to a couple of RCMP constables. They're not allowed to say anything, even really innocuous questions such as, did you erect new fencing as the Quebec provincial police officer had told me had been done, uh, or whether any new illegal migrants since last night when I was last here, have tried to breach the border. Uh, they gave me a card for the communication staff, and I will indeed uh, reach out to them later. I can say that um, I don't see any evidence of any enhanced fencing. That's not to say nothing's being done. It's just from my vantage point, I'm, um, you know, uh, a good 100 or so, 200 or so meters away from the crossing where this uh, barricade has been erected, warning of no trespassing. I do, however, notice there's a couple of RCMP SUV police cruisers that are near that white goalpost, if you want, want to call it that, that separates the border of New York State and the province of Quebec. And I didn't see that presence here last night. I can't help but notice how bizarre it is here at Roxham Road that there are these no trespass signs and universal no trespass icons erected here. Um, that, of course, is for law-abiding Canadians to abide. I'm sure if I were to ignore that signage and go past this little metal barricade, which would be easy to do, um, I have no doubt I'd be charged or at least very sternly warned. However, if you're on the other side of this barricade and you're not a Canadian and you're not a taxpayer and you are clearly illegally crossing from the United States into Canada, well, it's a different story. There are no trespassing charges being uh, applied. Rather, you're getting a gold-plated benefit program, including free dental care. Wish I had that. Ryan Katsu Rivera here at Roxham Road. This is the very end of the United States. And right here is a sign that says road closed. And they, they make it pretty clear for you to stop and that you'll be returned back to the United States of America if you cross it. Justin Trudeau said that he would not take any more immigrants. But as it stands right now, over 50,000 have been taken in and none of them have been sent back. None of them have been arrested. It's just been open. But 
Trudeau got a lot of pressure from people because of the quarantine and the lockdown due to COVID-19. They're saying, why is the border still open? So he promised that it's it shut. Trump has said that he's going to take more precautions and have a little more security on this side, but there's a couple of vehicles, some cameras on there, some sort of solar paneling and other than that, I'm, I haven't been greeted by anybody. There's a door open there. Maybe there'll be somebody to come out to talk to me if they, you know, if they're wondering what I'm doing here or anything. But so far, I guess this is the road that they that they cross. I mean, that's kind of a fence. That's that's a barricade uh, that you might see at the front row of a concert hall. Pretty unimpressive as far as uh, security and, and patrolling goes. Just spoke with Ezra. And he informed me that this pylon looking thing here is actually the point, you know, on, on this side is America, on that side is Canada. So it's within my rights, I, I'm sure I'm being watched by some security camera, um, that this is the United States side. Actually, it does say it right there. United States, US. Now on that side, I don't know if you can see it, it says Canada. So I am in America. This is uh, law-abiding, totally fine to do. What I'm noticing right off the bat here, I don't see any footprints in there at all. This is all just uh, marshy type stuff. I, I don't know if, oh, there we go, oh, what's that? I'm getting bird calls. might have just initiated a drug deal of some sort oh there is a there is a car coming here a police car oh that is customs and border control i'm a reporter with uh rebel media there you rebel go. media yes what part of new york i bought you up here what's that uh, just to well i wanted to see if there was any extra border patrol due to the fact that the covid19 thing trump said that he was going to have like a extra presence here and you know just there's some uh, Canadian reporters on the other side. Couldn't get too close, and they also didn't notice that there was too much of a difference with the the presence there. I didn't want to. I'm not gonna get you guys on tape. No. You know. I'm gonna turn it off right now. Oh, okay. Five hours. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is something people do. Just go home like everybody else. Essential travel. This is not essential. Well, that's that. Hopefully you heard some of that. But basically they don't like people poking around here. I believe one of these guys hollered at me and they went that nobody popped out to talk to me they're all smiling and laughing i see but uh one person went call 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 a couple times justin trudeau's government is funding a research project headed by chinese scientists at the very lab many suspect is responsible for birthing the coronavirus upon the entire world but first, we have to go back a little bit to put this all into context. Let's start here with this incredible piece in the Washington Post by Josh Rogan. 
In January 2018, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing took the unusual step of repeatedly sending U.S. science diplomats to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, that's the WIV, which had in 2015 become China's first laboratory to achieve the highest level of international bioresearch safety, known as BSL-4. WIV issued a news release in English about the last of these visits, which occurred on March 27, 2018. The U.S. delegation was led by Jameson Faust, the Consul General in Wuhan, and Rick Switzer, the Embassy's Counselor of Environment, Science, Technology, and Health. Last week, WIV erased that statement from its website, though it remains archived on the Internet. What the U.S. officials learned during their visits concerned them so much that they dispatched two diplomatic cables categorized as sensitive but unclassified, Back to Washington. The cables warned about safety and management weaknesses at the WIV lab and proposed more attention and help. The first cable, which Rogan obtained, also warns that the lab's work on bat coronaviruses and their potential human transmission represented a risk of a new SARS-like pandemic. During interactions with scientists at the WIV laboratory, they noted the new lab has a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate this high containment laboratory, states the January 19, 2018 cable, which was drafted by two officials from the embassy's environment, science and health sections who met with the WIV scientists. The State Department declined to comment on this and other details of the story. The U.S. visitors met with Shi Zhen Li, the head of the research project who had been publishing studies related to bat coronaviruses for many years. In November 2017, just before the U.S. officials visit, Shi's team had published research showing that horseshoe bats they had collected from a cave in Wunan province were very likely from the same bat population that spawned the SARS coronavirus in 2003. Okay, so this is a lab that collects deadly viruses that have already caused problems in the world, like SARS. And the Americans were so concerned about the shoddy conditions at this lab that deals with highly infectious and dangerous diseases in Wuhan, China, that they dispatched two science diplomats, which is something I've never even heard of before. And then these science diplomats were sending warnings back to Washington about the potential for this lab to cause a plague. So naturally, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is now engaging in a research project with this dangerous Chinese laboratory and relying on scientists on the ground in Wuhan, China to do all the research. But don't take my word for it. Let me show you. This is from the Canadian government website that lists a series of grants to study this new coronavirus. To contribute to global efforts to address the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak, on February 10, 2020, the Government of Canada launched a rapid research funding competition. Canada's researchers were quick to respond, submitting hundreds of applications in just a week. It looks like the Canadian government, in an effort to move fast instead of smart, seems to be giving Canadian tax money to, well, possibly the bad guys of the outbreak. Here's this grant headed by a researcher at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. The grant itself is to develop a form of rapid testing for the virus in places where resources are limited, like 
poor countries. It's a noble idea, but unfortunately, it includes collaboration with what is possibly the researchers who are the source of the coronavirus disease. Look at this. This research addresses the urgent need of rapid point-of-care diagnostics of COVID-19. The collaborative research is conducted by a multidisciplinary team of virologists, chemists, infectious disease specialists, frontline practitioners, and public health researchers from the University of Alberta, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, and Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Now here's the grant value, 828 thousand dollars and change one more thing look at this our team members in wuhan who currently perform the standard diagnostic tests will lead this effort so to clarify these chinese scientists either loyal to the chinese communist state or completely muzzled by the chinese communist state or fearing being disappeared by the chinese communist state and who are currently working at the virus lab that is likely responsible for the initial spread of the coronavirus are going to lead the Canadian-funded research effort into rapid testing for the virus. China is one of the richest countries on the planet, if not the richest. China lied and covered up this disease. Dr. Theresa Tam, Canada's chief public health officer, must resign or be fired. She's in a terrible conflict of interest because she works right now for the China-controlled World Health Organization. I have a petition at www.firetam.com that I'd like you to go to right now and sign and share with your friends. It's at firetam.com. In the meantime, let me explain why. As you may have heard, the World Health Organization covered up the Wuhan virus for the Chinese government. So they endangered millions of lives around the world by lying on behalf of China's dictatorship. Look at this example, published by the World Health Organization on January 14th, where they cite Chinese propaganda that the virus does not spread from person to person, but it does. It's very contagious. That false disinformation put the rest of the world at ease and allowed the virus to spread globally. That WHO lie made us let down our guard and continue accepting flights from Wuhan, China. It really shouldn't be called the World Health Organization because it doesn't serve the world. It serves Communist China, who installed the WHO Secretary General, Tedros Adhanom, who calls himself a doctor, but he doesn't actually have a medical degree. He's the first head of the WHO who isn't really a medical doctor. When he was a political boss back in Ethiopia, his claim to fame was actually covering up cholera epidemics in his own country. That's who runs the WHO. No wonder Donald Trump announced that he's cutting off funding to the WHO. Today, I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on there. Okay, so what about Canada? Our chief public health officer is named Theresa Tam, and she continuously cites the WHO as her source of authority. Canada is part of an international effort and at the WHO. But what I do know, given um, my communication with the World Health Organization, I, I think um, 
one of the members asked about travel bans, like stopping people from actually traveling. And the reason why the World Health Organization doesn't recommend something like this is that um, in general, it may, it may do more harm than good. She said closing the border to travelers from virus hotspots in China doesn't work. That's not true either. It may be sort of anti-intuitive for, for people to understand this, but the more, uh, more countries that are impacted uh, means that your border measures are going to be much less effective and definitely not feasible. And just like the WHO and Communist China, she spent January denouncing anyone worried about the virus as racist and told people to shut up. It's to our national shame that Canada has been deeply involved in the WHO's pro-China biases. Here's another Canadian doctor, Bruce Aylward, who is the WHO point man on the virus. He was asked a basic question about the virus and how Taiwan is handling it. But Taiwan is a country that China despises. So instead of answering the question like a doctor, he just hung up on the reporter. This is politics, not medicine. Would the WHO consider Taiwan's membership? Hello? We, would it, would it, sorry, I can't hear you. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah, let me, let, let, me, let me repeat the question. No, so. that's okay. Let, let's move to another one then. Yeah, that's a Canadian public health doctor acting as a Chinese political enforcer. That's just wrong. That's actually corrupting our doctors and medicine. Should Canada quit the WHO too? I think so, but here's the problem. The person who would help make that decision is Theresa Tam herself, except that she doesn't just take orders from the WHO, she literally works for it right now. And not just as some low-ranking bureaucrat. She's on an important WHO committee in charge of health emergencies around the world. She's actually on the oversight committee. You can see she's one of seven people on that committee. Her name is right there on the bottom right. So she's actually a boss at the WHO. It's her job to be a sort of auditor, making sure the WHO does real medicine, not politics. So the WHO's political corruption happened when it was literally her job to stop it. It was on her watch. She didn't stop it. She either approved of it or was blind to it. She was one of seven people in the whole world whose job was to make sure that the Chinese Communist Party and its politics didn't derail this emergency. She didn't do her job. And she stands by the corrupt WHO to this day. Who does she even work for, Canada? or China's WHO, because you have to choose sides now. She is in a conflict of interest. She cannot give Canadians good medical advice because she works for China's WHO. And she can't give Trudeau good political advice about the WHO because it was she herself who approved their scandalous conduct. It's impossible for her to be a neutral, objective judge about the WHO's misconduct because she rubber-stamped that misconduct personally on that committee. She should have resigned the WHO, but she won't. Just like Bruce Aylward won't, because they work for China, because they aid and abet China's propaganda. We have to fire Tam. 
you agree with me, go to FireTam.com and forward this video to your friends so they can learn the truth about Teresa Tam and her intolerable conflict of interest. I have a new book for sale. It's called China Virus, How Justin Trudeau's Pro-Communist Ideology is Putting Canadians in Danger. You can get it now at ChinaVirusBook.com or on Amazon. It's just $7.50 for the Kindle version or $14.50 for a paperback, but you'd better get it quick. Amazon banned this book for two months, refusing to sell it because it dared to criticize Trudeau and the World Health Organization. Amazon actually said that. I'll show you their letter in a moment. They've relented for now, and hopefully they won't censor it again, but you might want to get it now just in case. It's a quick read, but it's jam-packed with facts that you probably won't find in the mainstream media. Like this one. Did you know that Justin Trudeau's brother, Sasha Trudeau, did you know that he actually wrote a propaganda book for the Chinese Communist Party? Just a couple of years ago. He could have published the book about China with any publisher, but he chose to go with the Chinese dictatorship itself. They loved it because it was propaganda. And Sasha Trudeau boasted about that and how he got his brother Justin to read it just before going over to China on his first state visit there. The book and why that title? Well, the book itself, it is sort of an organic phenomenon. The Chinese wanted to write a book on my father's visit to China and they asked me to write, this was in 60, and they asked me to write the preface and the Canadian edition was published in Vancouver. They published it, so they asked me to write a longer preface and I said fine, uh, but I would like to go back to China and get into things, rediscover the country. And when I went there, I found I had so many things to say that they said, well, we can't put that in a preface. So we'll put it in a section. And actually, we'd like you to write a full book on it. Did you know about that influence on Justin Trudeau? Do you know about how the Chinese IT giant Huawei gets around the ban on foreign corporations donating to the Liberal Party by donating huge sums directly to Trudeau's in-house think tank called Canada 2020 that's run by Trudeau's lifelong friend? Huawei's not even hiding it. They're rubbing your face in it. Did you know about this craziness? Trudeau actually orders Canada's environment minister to work on a committee of the Chinese dictatorship. It's not a bilateral thing like a Canada-China trade group or anything. It's just a committee of the Chinese government working for them, full stop. A Canadian government cabinet minister has been ordered by Trudeau to work for the Chinese government. Oh, and uh, we pay China $1.6 million a year for the privilege. Did you even know about that? What, the CBC didn't tell you about it? Well, there are over 100 fully footnoted facts like that in the book. Obviously, the reason we're talking about China and Trudeau's obedience to it is the coronavirus that Trudeau just led into our country because he refused to stop flights from China. Trudeau and his public health officer, Theresa Tam, called anyone who wanted to close the border racist, except that the people who first called the, for the border to be closed are actually Chinese Canadians because they knew that the Communist Party was lying about the virus. I document that in the book, too. I document how Theresa Tam kept working for the UN's World Health Organization even as the pandemic unfolded, and how she always put the WHO first, even skipping critical briefings here in Canada. She was actually part of the UN committee that whitewashed China's lies about the virus. I proved that in the, in the book, too. That's what this book is really about. It's not even really about the coronavirus. It's about how the virus has exposed Trudeau's deep connections 
to the Chinese Communist Party and how it reveals his own tyrannical instincts from shutting down parliament to banning journalists he doesn't like. Speaking of which, I mentioned that Amazon banned the book for two months. I've published seven best-selling books on Amazon, including The Lebranos, which went to number one. I don't know if you remember, but earlier this year, Trudeau sent two policemen from the election commissioner's office to interrogate me about that book, claiming it was an illegal political activity. I'm serious. Well, surprise, surprise, we went to upload this book in late April, two months ago, and Amazon refused. They just refused. When we asked them why, they said, quote, we are referring customers to official sources for health information about the virus. As a result, we are not offering your book for sale. <laughs> you know, Amazon will actually sell you Hitler's book, Mein Kampf. Amazon will sell you Mao's Little Red book, but they will not sell you my book criticizing China. They actually said the reason was because I criticized the official point of view. Because I dared to question Trudeau, China, the China-controlled World Health Organization. They didn't even hide their reason. We appealed and we were rejected. Then we had our free speech lawyers write Amazon a letter explaining how the book doesn't give any medical advice. It's a political book. But Amazon kept their ban in place for two more months. You could read our lawyer's letter at chinavirusbook.com. Amazon only finally relented this week. They lifted their ban with no explanation, but it was a week after I brought the ban to the attention of a senior American political leader who is known for fighting against Chinese censorship. I wonder if that had anything to do with Amazon's about face. Look, we know that Justin Trudeau is going to hate this book, and we know the Chinese dictatorship is going to hate this book. This is the book that Amazon.com fought for two months to ban, but I think it's a book that every Canadian ought to read to know the real danger isn't actually the coronavirus. It's Trudeau's ongoing love affair with the world's most brutal dictatorship. That's what's putting us all in danger. Go to chinavirusbook.com or go to Amazon while you still can. What do you think? I mean, at first, no one really knew what to expect, how bad it would be. Was China covering up millions of deaths, or did it simply overreact as authoritarian countries tended to do? We simply didn't know in those early weeks. But after the pandemic peaked in mid-April, and that turned into May and June and now July, well, we started to realize that the real risk were our authoritarian political leaders, wouldn't you say? Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.